Welcome to tonight's Zoomcast on Revelation, the Apocalypse of John, Chapter 17. And as a preface, it's open to Moses, Chapter 5. And verses 13 through 18. And Satan came among them, saying, I am also a son of God. And he commanded them, saying, Believe it not. And they believed it not. And they loved Satan more than God. And men began from that time forth to be carnal, sensual, and devilish. And the Lord God called upon men by the Holy Ghost everywhere, and commanded them that they should repent. And as many as believed in the Son and repented of their sins should be saved. And as many as believed not and repented not should be damned. And the words went forth out of the mouth of God in a firm decree, wherefore they must be fulfilled. And Adam and Eve, his wife, ceased not to call upon God. And Adam knew his wife Eve, and she conceived and bare Cain. And said, I have gotten a man from the Lord, wherefore he may not reject his words. But behold, Cain hearkened not, saying, Who is the Lord that I should know him? And she again conceived and bare his brother Abel. And Abel hearkened unto the voice of the Lord. And Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And Cain loved Satan more than God. And Satan commanded him, saying, Make an offering unto the Lord. Revelation 17, verse 1. And there came one of the seven angels, which had seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. And so we see the establishment of the great whore was from the very beginning. For Satan came to the first men upon the earth and tried to seduce them to worship him and to follow him instead of God. With whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. Cross-referencing Revelation 13. Verses 1 through 10. And I saw another sign in the likeness of the kingdoms of the earth. A beast rise up out of the sea. And stood upon the sand of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth was as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon, you know, who is Lucifer, gave him his power and his seat and great authority. And I saw one of the heads as it were wounded to death. And his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast, 
and they worshiped the dragon which gave power unto the beast, and they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given to him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. Now, the beast represents that great secret combination, which is known among all peoples and all lands, and was with us even from the very beginning. But in the last days, there is a difference about this beast, for from a central location, he is able to rule over all nations and peoples of the entire earth. And by this power, he gives power to who is termed in Isaiah, the king of Assyria and the king of Babylon, who rises to power and gains all military, economic, and political power and becomes the sword in the Lord's left hand to destroy the entire world. Now, you know, the wounding of the beasts and all marveled. We have the restoration of the gospel during the days of Joseph Smith's first ministry. But the beast recovers and overcomes the saints. Or because of the influence of the beast upon the early members of the church, um, they reject the fullness of the gospel and as we read in DNC 124, because the saints refused to repent and return. Verse 32 in DNC 124. But behold, at the end of this appointment, the end of the appointment to repent and return to the Latter day Saints, this is in the Nauvoo period. And the symbol that the saints had repented and returned, that the Lord had received and accepted their sacrifice, is that they would finish the Nauvoo Temple. And if you do not these things, at the end of the appointment, ye shall be rejected as a church with your dead, thus saith the Lord your God. But the beast would not overcome the saints forever, for Joseph in the end times would return, he would finish the restoration. Um, but again, you know, the beast would gain a victory and the entire world would come into bondage, bondage so severe that the saints of God would cry out night and day for deliverance. But on the eve of destruction, the end time servant shows up and commences the end time exodus by gathering out the strength of the Lord's house.
and in First Nephi chapter 12. Verses 13 through 23. And it came to pass that I saw the multitudes of the earth gathered together. And the angel said unto me, Behold thy seed, and also the seed of thy brethren. And it came to pass that I looked and beheld the people of my seed gathered together in multitudes against the seed of my brethren. And they were gathered together to battle. And the angel spake unto me, saying, Behold the fountain of filthy water, which thy father saw. Yea, even the river which he spake, and the depths thereof are the depths of hell. And the mists of darkness are the temptations of the devil, which blindeth the eyes and hardeneth the hearts of the children of men, and leadeth them away into broad roads, and they perish and are lost. And the large and spacious building which thy father saw is vain imaginations and the pride of the children of men and a great and terrible gulf divideth them yea even the word of the justice of the eternal god and the messiah who is the lamb of god of whom the holy ghost beareth record from the beginning of the world until this time and from this time henceforth and forever and while the angel spake these words i beheld and saw that the seed of my brethren did contend against my seed according to the word of the angel and because of the pride of my seed and the temptations of the devil, I beheld that the seed of my brethren did overpower the people of my seed. And it came to pass that I beheld and saw the people of the seed of my brethren, that they had overcome my seed and they went and multitudes upon the face of the land. And I saw them gathered together in multitudes. And I saw wars and rumors of wars among them. And in wars and rumors of wars, I saw many generations pass away. And the angel said unto me, Behold, these shall dwindle in unbelief. And it came to pass that I beheld, after they had dwindled in unbelief, they became a dark, loathsome, and filthy people, full of idleness and all manner of abominations. And the Nephites and their utter destruction having rejected the fullness of the gospel, set a type and shadow for the destruction which is coming among the Latter-day Saints to be poured out upon the Latter-day Saints because of the beast. And as we're going to read, the whore who writeth upon the beast. And First Nephi chapter 13. Verses 1 through 9, and it came to pass that the angel spake unto me, saying, Look, and I looked and beheld many nations and kingdoms. And the angel said unto me, What beholdest thou? And I said, I behold many nations and kingdoms. And he said unto me, These are the nations and kingdoms of the Gentiles. And it came to pass that I saw among the nations of the Gentiles the formation of a great church. And the angel said unto me, Behold the formation of a church which is most abominable above all other churches, which slayeth the saints of God, yea, and tortureth them, and bindeth them down, 
and yoketh them with a yoke of iron, and bringeth them down into captivity. And it came to pass that I beheld this great and abominable church, and I saw the devil, that he was the founder of it. And I also saw gold and silver and silks and scarlets and fine twined linen and all manner of precious clothing. And I saw many harlots and particularly notice the mention and scarlets or red. And the angel spake unto me saying, behold, the gold and the silver and the silks and the scarlets and the fine twined linen and the precious clothing and the harlots are the desire of this great and abominable church. And also for the praise of the world, do they destroy the saints of God and bring them down into captivity. And then verses 24 through 29. And the angel of the Lord said unto me, thou hast beheld that the book proceeded forth from the mouth of a Jew. This is the book that we currently recognize as the Bible. And when it proceedeth forth from the mouth of a Jew, and this Jew is Jesus Christ, it contained the fullness of the gospel of the Lord, of whom the twelve apostles bear record. And they bear record according to the truth which is in the Lamb of God. Wherefore, these things go forth from the Jews in purity unto the Gentiles according to the truth which is in God. And after they go forth by the hand of the twelve apostles of the Lamb from the Jews unto the Gentiles, thou seest the formation of a great and abominable church, which is most abominable above all other churches. For behold, they have taken away from the gospel of the Lamb many parts which are plain and most precious, and also many covenants of the Lord have they taken away. So, the, the great dragon is Lucifer. The beast is that great secret combination which has been with us even from the beginning. And the whore who rides upon the beast is one of the organizations that the beast formed to lull the, the people of the world away, especially the saints of God, into a carnal sense of security. And, you know, this great and abominable church um, has different forms. The form that we read about in 1 Nephi 13 you know, is the formation of the Catholic Church. And they have taken away from the gospel of the Lamb many parts which are plain and most precious, and also many covenants of the Lord have they taken away. And verse 27, And all this have they done that they might pervert the right ways of the Lord, that they might bind the eyes and harden the hearts of the children of men. Wherefore thou seest after the book hath gone forth through the hands of the great and abominable church, that there are many plain and precious things taken away from the book, which is the book of the Lamb of God. Again, you know, the book of the Lamb of God is, you know, the Bible is presently, presently constituted, especially the New Testament. 
And after these plain and precious things were taken away, it goeth forth unto all the nations of the Gentiles. And after it goeth forth unto all the nations of the Gentiles, yea, even across many waters, which thou hast seen with the Gentiles, which have gone forth out of captivity, thou seest because of the many plain and precious things which have been taken out of the book which were plain unto the understanding of the children of men, according to the plainness which is in the Lamb of God, because of these things which are taken away out of the gospel of the Lamb, and exceedingly great many do stumble, yet insomuch that Satan hath great power over them. Well, what were the main things that were taken away from the New Testament? Let's turn to DNC 84. Primarily, here's what was taken away. The understanding of the following. Verse 19. And this greater priesthood, the first order of Melchizedek priesthood, administereth the gospel and holdeth the key of the mysteries of the kingdom, even the key of the knowledge of God. Well, how does this first order of Melchizedek priesthood administer the gospel? Well, it has the keys to oversee the church of Christ, the fullness of the gospel, and perform the ordinances um, contained within the terrestrial order of the gospel, the church of Christ, namely baptism of water and fire and the Holy Ghost. And although we have references in the current New Testament to the baptism of water and fire of the Holy Ghost, what has been removed is the instruction about the authority required to perform these ordinances and what the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost actually is and how critical it is to receive. And also, even though in John 14, we have a discourse on entering into the rest of the Lord, um, yet it has been obscured that the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost is the key that unlocks the possibility to entering into the Lord's rest and receiving, as it says in John 14, another comforter or a second comforter to be brought into the presence of Jesus Christ in his glory and receive that apostolic witness and to be taught directly by Christ and to enter into the church of the firstborn as is outlined in DNC 76, 53, and 54. These things have been taken away. Verse 20, therefore in the ordinances thereof the power of godliness is manifest. And remember that the power of godliness being manifest unto men in the flesh is the reception of the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, after which a man, a woman, or a people now have access to that level of revelation to be instructed in all things required of them to part the veil and enter into the Lord's rest. And it is that endowment of power that sanctifies a man, a woman, or a people preparatory to entering into the rest of the Lord. And verse 21, and without the ordinances thereof and the authority of the priesthood, the power of godliness is not manifest unto men in the flesh or Without a man in a geographic area in close proximity 
to others. Who's been ordained and sealed unto this priesthood. It is not power to receive the ordinances of baptism of water, the salvific uh, ordinance of baptism of water, and also baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost. These are the things that were removed from the New Testament that proved to be a great stumbling block to the Gentiles. And although we find them in the Book of Mormon, it requires eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to understand, to be able to connect the dots and gain the understanding of those things that were taken away from the New Testament, which had already been taken away from the Old Testament or the Record of the Prophets uh, 600 years uh, before the coming of Christ by the Deuteronomists. And that's why we read in 1 Nephi chapter 13, the end time servant will bring the translation of the record of the 12 apostles and also the record of the prophets and restore the lost knowledge back to the Old and New Testament. And then that record will stand hand in hand with the Book of Mormon unto the teaching and testifying of the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ and will be used by the end time laborers to gather out Israel from all the four corners of the earth and from all the peoples of the whole earth, whoever will receive the fullness of the gospel and enter into and keep covenant with their God. Now, continuing in 1 Nephi chapter 13. Verse 29. And after these plain and precious things were taken away, it goeth forth unto all the nations of the Gentiles. And after it goeth forth unto all the nations of the Gentiles, yea, even across the many waters, which thou hast seen with the Gentiles, which have gone forth out of captivity, thou seest because of the many plain and precious things which have been taken out of the book, which were plain unto the understanding of the children of men, according to the plainness which is in the Lamb of God, because of these things which are taken away out of the gospel of the Lamb, and exceedingly great many do stumble, yea, insomuch that Satan hath great power over them. And verse 32, Neither will the Lord God suffer that the Gentiles shall forever remain in that awful state of blindness, which thou beholdest they are in because of the plain and most precious parts of the gospel of the lamb, which have been kept back by the abominable church whose formation thou hast seen. And 37 through 39. And blessed are they who shall seek to bring forth my Zion at that day. Well, that day is Joseph Smith's second ministry. When the time of the Gentiles is prophesied in DNC 45 would come in and it would be the fullness of the gospel. And it's compared to a light shining forth among them that sit in darkness. Well, the whole world sits in darkness, but who does the light shine forth on the first, the Latter-day Saints and the people of the restoration branches. 
And the fullness of the gospel first must go to them before it can go to the rest of the earth. Just as during Christ's mortal ministry, the fullness of the gospel first had to be offered to the Jews. And once they rejected it, it could then go forth to the entire world. And so, actually, at the end of verse 34, we have a prophecy of the restoration of much of the gospel coming forth during Joseph Smith's first ministry. Again, end of verse 34, I will be merciful unto the Gentiles in that day, in so much that I will bring forth unto them in mine own power much of my gospel. Well, why much of my gospel? Because the members of the church during Joseph Smith's day rejected the fullness, were demoted to the preparatory gospel, and finally rejected as a church with our dead. And we would remain in that rejected condition with only a portion of the preparatory gospel until the end times when God would open again the heavens through his end time servant and allow him to finish the restoration in preparation for the gathering of God's elect from the four corners of the earth to New Jerusalem. And so verse 37, and blessed are they who shall seek to bring forth my Zion at that day when the day of the Gentiles would come in. For they shall have the gift and power of the Holy Ghost, which hadn't even been available for 170 years. But they would be the first ones upon the faith of the face of the earth who would receive it again. And if they endure unto the end, so receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost is not the end it is a beginning, and one must still offer up the sacrifice of broken heart and contrite spirit that one might enter into the rest of the Lord and then continue that one might become a king and priest, queen, and priestess. And this is enduring unto the end. And endure unto the end, they shall be lifted up at the last day. Well, literally lifted up for those kings and priests, queens and priestesses, for they on the morning of the first resurrection shall be taken up to heaven, to the city of the living God, the heavenly place, the holiest of all, to receive that highest order of translation, that they may come with Christ in his glory to the earth. They may be lifted up the last day and shall be saved in the everlasting kingdom of the Lamb. And whoso shall publish peace Yea, tidings of great joy, how beautiful upon the mountains shall they be. And it came to pass that I beheld the remnant of the seed of my brethren, and also the book of the Lamb of God, Bible is presently constituted, which had proceeded forth from the mouth of the Jew, Jesus Christ, that it came forth from the Gentiles. Now this is talking about the Gentile nation versus the Gentile people of Latter-day Saints unto the remnant of the seed of my brethren. And verse 39, and after it had come forth unto them. Now we fast forward again to um, the commencement of the end time exodus. I beheld other books which came forth by the power of the Lamb from the Gentiles, from the Latter-day Saints, or at least from that portion of the Latter-day Saints, which would qualify as the strength of the Lord's house, would be gathered out on the eve of destruction, and the coming forth of these records commences at the time of the beginning of the Exodus. 
from the Gentiles unto them, unto the convincing of the Gentiles and the remnant of the seed of my brethren. And also the Jews who were scattered upon all the face of the earth that the records of the prophets and the 12 apostles of the Lamb are true. For this record, the Book of Mormon, will stand with those newly translated records unto the convincing of Jew and Gentile that the doctrine of Christ is the gospel of Jesus Christ and that Jesus Christ is the Messiah and that there is no other Messiah and that there is no other way to come unto him and that there is no way to come unto the Father except through Jesus Christ. And First Nephi chapter 14. Starting in verse 9. And it came to pass that he said unto me, Look and behold that great and abominable church, which is the mother of abominations, whose founder is the devil. And he said unto me, Behold, there are saved two churches only. The one is the church of the Lamb of God, and the other is the church of the devil. Wherefore, whoso belongeth not to the church of the Lamb of God belongeth to the great church, which is the mother of abominations, and she is the whore of all the earth. And again, the great and abominable church has expanded from the early days, you know, after the death of the apostles and the formation of the Catholic church um, to today incorporate most of Christendom, including our church. And whoso belongeth to that great church, which is the mother of abominations, she is the whore of all the earth. And it came to pass that I looked and beheld the whore of all the earth, and she sat upon many waters, and she had dominion over all the earth among all nations, kindred tongues, and people. And it came to pass that I beheld the church of the Lamb of God, its numbers were few because of the wickedness and abominations of the whore who sat upon many waters. Nevertheless, I beheld that the church of the lamb who were the saints of God were upon all the face of the earth. And their dominions upon the face of the earth were small because of the wickedness of the great whore whom I saw. Well, let's look a little bit more at those members of the church of the Lamb of God. And so first Nephi chapter 14, verse one, and it shall come to pass that if the Gentiles or if the Latter-day Saints, all the members of the restoration branches shall hearken unto the Lamb of God in that day, in the day which the fullness of the time of the Gentiles is come in, comes in, which is the time in which we now live. That he shall manifest himself unto them in word and also in power. Well, how does this happen? Because Joseph opens the heavens and it becomes possible again to receive the full baptism, even water and fire and the Holy Ghost and enter into the Lord's rest and qualifies the strength of the Lord's house to be gathered out on the end time exodus to participate in the gathering of Israel. 
in that day that he shall manifest himself unto them in word and also in power, in very deed unto the taking away of their stumbling blocks. Well, what's the taking away of the stumbling blocks? Well, believing that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is God's church on the earth and has the fullness of the gospel and everything that was restored to Joseph Smith. Because while it does have more because of the scriptures of the restoration and the Aaronic priesthood, more than any other church upon the face of the earth, it has only a small fraction of what was restored to Joseph. Remember in First Nephi 13, at the end of 34, I shall bring forth much of my gospel, which is not the fullness of the gospel. And so we as Latter-day Saints have great stumbling blocks because we know not that the church does not have the Melchizedek priesthood. We know not that the church doesn't have the authority to baptize into the fullness of the gospel only with water into the preparatory gospel and not to perform the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, which is the endowment of power for which the Kirtland temple was built and for the, which the Nauvoo temple was being built. And that in our LDS temples today, all we have is ceremony that is representative of the endowments of power. But the ceremony has become more and more corrupted throughout the generations. And so it becomes harder and harder to discern um, that the ceremony is a symbolic and allegorical representation of how we are to receive the endowments of power and go from one endowment to another. And thus, the stumbling blocks are mighty before us. But for those Latter-day Saints and those members of the Restoration who will receive the fullness of the gospel and not allow themselves to be overcome by the stumbling blocks, and verse 2, harden not their hearts, against the Lamb of God, because going to DNC 45, and it's interesting, and who harden not their hearts, the implication is that to not receive, in verse 1 of 1 Nephi 14, the manifestations of the Lamb of God in word and also in power and in very deed actually requires the hardening of one's heart because verse 28 in DNC 45, and when the time of the Gentiles is come in, a light shall break forth among them that sit in darkness and it shall be the fullness of my gospel. So every member of the church, every member of of a restoration branch who hardeneth not their hearts will receive the fullness of the gospel. And the only way they will not receive the fullness of the gospel is to harden the hearts because the light has broken forth and everyone who values truth more than being right. Everyone who values Christ more than tradition will be led to the fullness. And so going back to first Nephi chapter 13, Verse 2, and harden not their hearts against the Lamb of God. They shall be numbered among the seed of thy father. Because they will receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And be adopted as sons and daughters of Christ and into the house of Israel. Yea, they shall be numbered among the house of Israel. And they shall be a blessed people upon the promised land forever. 
and they shall no more be brought down into captivity. So accepting and receiving and believing these stumbling blocks as if it was the fullness is likened unto being in a spiritual captivity. And this is in addition to the physical captivity into which we're going to be going. And the house of Israel shall no more be confounded. And that great pit which hath been digged for them, for the Latter-day Saints, by that great and abominable church. And here we have the link that current LDS church leaders have joined that great and abominable church, which was formed after the death of the apostles of Jesus Christ and have now become, um, you know, one church. That great pit which hath been digged for them by that great and abominable church, which was founded by the devil and his children, that he might lead away the souls of men down to hell. Yea, that great pit which hath been digged for the destruction of men shall be filled by those who digged it unto their utter destruction. Saith the Lamb of God, not the destruction of the soul, save it be the casting of it into that hell which hath no end. And fourth Nephi. Verses 26 to 34. Again, the Nephites are a type and shadow of not only the people of the whole earth, but specifically and firstly, Latter-day Saints. And they began to be divided into classes. And they began to build up churches unto themselves to get gain and begin to deny the true church of Christ. And it came to pass that when 210 years had passed away, there were many churches in the land. And there were many churches which professed to know the Christ, and yet they did deny the more parts of his gospel. This is exactly the position of the Elias church today. But did deny the more parts of his gospel insomuch that they did receive all manner of wickedness and it administered that which was sacred unto him to whom it had been forbidden because of unworthiness. And this church did multiply exceedingly because of iniquity and because of the power of Satan who did get hold upon the hearts. And again, there were, and again, there was another church which denied the Christ. And they did persecute the true church of Christ because of their humility and their belief in Christ. And they did despise them because of the many miracles which were wrought among them. Therefore, they did exercise power and authority over the disciples of Jesus who did tarry with them. And they did cast them into prison. But by the power of the word of God, which was in them, the prisons were rent in twain. And they went forth doing mighty miracles among them. Nevertheless, and notwithstanding all these miracles, the people did harden their hearts and did seek to kill them, even as the Jews at Jerusalem sought to kill Jesus according to his word. And they did cast them into the furnaces of fire, and they came forth receiving no harm. And they also cast them into dens of wild beasts, 
And they did play with the wild beasts, even as a child with a lamb. And they did come forth from among them, receiving no harm. Nevertheless, the people did harden their hearts. For they were led by many false priests and false prophets. To build up many churches and to do all manner of iniquity. And they did smite upon the people of Jesus. But the people of Jesus did not smite again. And thus they did dwindle in unbelief and wickedness from year to year, even until 230 years had passed away. And Ether 8. Verses 18 through 26. And it came to pass that they formed a secret combination. And... This great secret combination, again, is the beast. And the, the great and abominable church, the whore, is an outcropping of the, the secret combination, the beast. And it came to pass that they formed a secret combination, even as they of old. Which combination is most abominable and wicked above all in the sight of God. For the Lord worketh not in secret combinations, neither, neither doth he will that man should shed blood. But in all these things hath forbidden it from the beginning of man. And now I, Moroni, do not write the manner of their oaths and combinations. For it hath been made known unto me that they are had among all people, and they are had among the Lamanites. And they have caused the destruction of this people of whom I am now speaking, and also the destruction of the people of Nephi. And whatsoever nation shall uphold such secret combinations to get power and gain until they shall spread over the nation. Behold, they shall be destroyed. For the Lord will not suffer that the blood of his saints, which shall be shed by them, shall always cry unto him from the ground for vengeance upon them, and yet avenge them not. Wherefore, O ye Gentiles, or wherefore, O ye members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, it is wisdom in God that these things the existence of the great secret combination should be shown unto you, that thereby ye may repent of your sins. Repent of having embraced the stumbling blocks which have been placed before you and holding rigidly to them instead of softening your heart and receiving the fullness of the gospel, which is found throughout the pages of the Book of Mormon and Doctrine and Covenants. that ye may repent of your sins and suffer not that these murderous combinations shall get above you, not talking about in civic authority, but in um, ecclesiastical power, which are built up to get power and gain and the work, yea, even the work of destruction come upon you. Yea, even the sword of the justice of the eternal God shall fall upon you to, over, to your overthrow and destruction if ye shall suffer these things to be. Why? Ether chapter 2. Verse 9. And now we can behold the decrees of God concerning this land, that it is a land of promise, and whatsoever nation shall possess it shall serve God, or they shall be swept off. Now, not just thinking that one is serving God, but actually serving him through revelation. 
receiving the fullness of the gospel, receiving the covenants as are offered by him, not the covenants that we create after our own imagination. And whatsoever nation shall possess it, North America, shall serve God, or they shall be swept off when the fullness of his wrath shall come upon them. And the fullness of his wrath cometh upon them when they are ripened in iniquity. For behold, this is a land which is choice above all other lands, wherefore he that doth possess it shall serve God, or shall be swept off, for it is an everlasting decree of God. And it is not until the fullness of iniquity among the children of the land that they are swept off. And this cometh unto you, O ye Gentiles, or O you Latter-day Saints, that ye may know the decrees of God, that ye may repent and not continue in your iniquities until the fullness comes, that ye may not bring down the fullness of the wrath of God upon you as the inhabitants of the land have hitherto done. Behold, this is a choice land, and whatsoever nation shall possess it shall be free from bondage and from captivity and from all other nations under heaven, if they will but serve the God of the land, who is Jesus Christ, who hath been manifest by the things which we have written. So going back to Ether 8. So verse 24. So in verse 23, Moroni warns us, O Latter-day Saints, do not allow these things to happen. Do not allow these wicked secret combinations to get above you in ecclesiastical power. Then in verse 24, he says, O Latter-day Saints, when they do, and when you become aware that that has happened. Wherefore, verse 24, the Lord commandeth you, when ye shall see these things come among you, that ye shall awake to a sense of your awful situation because of the secret combination which shall be among you. Or woe be unto it because of the blood of them who have been slain. For they cry from the dust for vengeance upon it and also upon those who built it up. For it cometh to pass that whosoever buildeth it up seeketh to overthrow the freedom of all lands, nations, and countries. And it bringeth to pass the destruction of all people. For it is built up by the devil, who is the father of all lies, even that same liar who beguiled our first parents. Yea, even that same liar who hath caused man to commit murder from the beginning, as we read in Moses. Who hath hardened the hearts of men that they have murdered the prophets and stoned them and cast them out from the beginning. Wherefore I, Moroni, am commanded to write these things that evil may be done away and that the time may come that Satan may have no power upon the hearts of the children of men but that they may be persuaded to do good continually, that they may come unto the fountain of all righteousness and be saved. And Jeremiah chapter three. God says, if a husband divorces his wife, and she goes from him and belongs to another man. Now remember that this is in the context um, the same way that Isaiah uses the unfaithful wife of the youth 
um, who has been replaced by the current espoused wife. And in the end times, the current espoused wife commits adultery against her husband. Um, the current espoused wife are the Latter-day Saints. Uh, the husband is Jesus Christ. While Israel, the wife of the youth who committed adultery against her husband while in her youth, repents and returns, and the current espoused wife is put away, and the wife of the youth is taken back. So God says if a husband divorces his wife and she goes from him and belongs to another man, will he still return to her? Will not that land be completely polluted? But you are a harlot with many lovers. Yet you turn to me, declares the Lord. Lift up your eyes to the bare heights and see, where have you not been violated? By the roads you have sat for them like an Arab in the desert. And you have polluted a land with your harlotry and with your wickedness. Therefore the showers have been withheld. And there has been no spring rain, yet you had a harlot's forehead. You refuse to be ashamed. Have you not just now called to me? My father, you are the friend of my youth. Will he be angry forever? Will he be indignant to the end? Behold, you have spoken and have done evil things. You have had your way. Then the Lord said to me in the days of Josiah the king, have you seen what faithless Israel did? She went up on every high hill and under every green tree, and she has a harlot there. I thought after she has done all these things, she will return to me, but she did not return. And her treacherous sister Judah saw it. And I saw that all the adulteries of faithless Israel, I had sent her away and given her a writ of divorce, yet her treacherous sister Judah did not fear, but she went and was a harlot also. Because of the lightness of her harlotry, she polluted the land and committed adultery with stones and trees. Yet in spite of all her treacherous, sister Judah did not return to me with all her heart, but rather in deception, declares the Lord. And the Lord said unto me, fatherless Israel has proved herself more righteous than treacherous Judah. Go and proclaim these words toward the north and say, return faithless Israel. Remember that there is a separation between the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. Return faithless Israel, declares the Lord. I will not look upon you in anger, for I am gracious, declares the Lord. I will not be angry forever, only acknowledge your iniquity, that you have transgressed against the Lord your God and have scattered your favors to the strangers under every green tree. And you have not obeyed my voice, declares the Lord. Return, O faithless sons, declares the Lord. Return, O faithless sons, declares the Lord, for I am a master to you. And I will take you one from a city and two from a family. And I will bring you to Zion. Um, having reference to the end time exoduses, the separation of wheat and tares when the fullness of God, the gospel will be taken to Israel and Israel 
will be gathered, or at least that portion of Israel that will receive the fullness of the gospel will enter into and keep covenant with her God. Then I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will feed you on knowledge and understanding. And I would cross-reference JST Matthew 21 regarding these shepherds. Verse 55. And when the Lord thereof of the vineyard cometh, he will destroy those miserable wicked men, meaning, meaning the legal heirs uh, to the Lord's vineyard, the husbandman in the vineyard, the current 15, and will let again his vineyard unto other husbandmen, even in the last days who shall render him the fruits in their seasons. All right. Jeremiah is talking about the same event and the same men as Christ was in GST Matthew 21. So again, Jeremiah 3, verse 15, Then I will give you shepherds after mine own heart who will feed you on knowledge and understanding. For a light shall break forth among them that sit in darkness, and it shall be the fullness of my gospel. It shall be in those days when you are multiplied and increased in the land, declares the Lord. They will no longer say the ark of the covenant of the Lord, and it will not come to mind, nor will they remember it nor they will miss it, nor will it be made again. At that time, they will call Jerusalem the throne of the Lord, and all the nations will be gathered to it, to Jerusalem. For the name of the Lord, nor will they walk any more after the stubbornness of their evil heart. In those days, the house of Judah will walk with the house of Israel, and they will come together from the land of the north to the land that I gave your fathers as an inheritance. We're talking about the establishment of New Jerusalem and old Jerusalem for Judah again as a holy city. You know, after the gathering out of the strength of the Lord's house has commenced and the exodus and New Jerusalem has been established. Then I said, verse 19, how I would set you among my sons and give you a pleasant land, the most beautiful inheritance of the nations. And I said, you shall call me my father and not turn away from following me. Surely as a woman treacher treacherously departs from her lover, so you have dealt treacherously with me, O house of Israel, declares the Lord. Now, in verse 19, then I said, how I would set you among my sons and give you a pleasant land, the most beautiful inheritance of the nations. And I said, you shall call me father. Well, how is Israel to call Jesus Christ father? By the adoption ceremony of baptism, of fire baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I said, you shall call me my father and not turn away from following me. Because the only way for that to happen is to enter into and keep covenant with our God, even the new and everlasting covenant, even the covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, that we might receive the endowments of power and become sons and daughters of Christ. Surely as a woman treacherously departs from her lover, so you have dealt treacherously with me, O house of Israel, declares the Lord. A voice is heard on the bare heights. 
the weeping and the supplications of the sons of Israel, because they have perverted their way. They have forgotten the Lord their God. Return, O faithless sons. I will heal your faithless, faithlessness. Behold, we come to you, for you are the Lord our God. Surely the hills are a deception, a tumult on the mountains. Surely in the Lord our God is the salvation of Israel. But the shameful thing has consumed the labor of our fathers since our youth, their flocks and their herds, their sons and their daughters. Let us lie down in our shame and let our humiliation cover us. For we have sinned against the Lord our God and our fathers from our youth even to this day. And we have not obeyed the voice of our Lord our God. So, going back to Revelation 17, verse 1. And there came one of the seven angels which had seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. Which, in its modern version, as we read, began with the Catholic Church now includes um, almost all the churches across the face of the whole earth, including our own church, and also includes the Babylon society, which has been created for us, which has divorced prosperity from the worship of the true and living God. Come hither, I will show unto thee the judgments of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication. And the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication, or have the stumbling blocks um, laid out before them, and they willingly receive and even embrace um a false narrative of reality and false covenants with their God and hang doggedly to false covenants and would rather grasp firm to false covenants than receive the true covenants of God, which he extends to all people. So he carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness. And I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast, full of names of blasphemy. Well, what is blaspheming against God? Proclaiming that you have power and authority to act in the name of God, knowing full well you do not. Having seven heads and ten horns, and the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand, full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. 
And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. Or a better translation. Verse 6 again. And I saw the woman drunken from the blood of the saints and the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. After I saw her, I marveled greatly. There was no admiration about it. But John was amazed that those who professed to be followers of Jesus Christ would, instead of worshiping the Lamb, worship instead the harlot Babylon. And the angel said unto me, verse 7, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carrieth her, which hath seven heads and ten horns. The beast that thou sawest was and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they behold the beast that was and is not and yet is. Or in other words, although the beast has been present from the very beginning, yet as the beast is currently constituted, the beast has never had this much power. The beast has never had this much influence um, you know, from a central entity as it does today as modern technology has made it possible. And let's cross-reference Revelation 9, verses 1 through 11. And the fifth angel sounded his trumpet. And I saw a star had fallen from heaven to the earth, and he was given the key to the shaft of the abyss. And he opened the shaft of the abyss, and smoke went out of the shaft like the smoke of a large oven. And the sun and the sky were darkened from the smoke from the shaft. And locusts came out of the smoke onto the earth, and were given power like the power of earthly scorpions. And they were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any green plant or any green tree but only those people who did not have the seal of God upon their foreheads or were written in the Lamb's book of life. And they, were not per- and they were not permitted to kill them, but to harass them for five months, and their torment was like a scorpion when it stings a person. 
again, reference to that period of physical bondage that the whole world is going into that would be affected by the beast and the whore and that even the saints of God would be going into this bondage. But the saints of God, it would not be given unto the beast from the bottomless pit to um, overcome and destroy the saints, just to put them into bondage for a period of time. And in those days, people will seek death and not find it. And they will want to die but death will flee from them. The locusts looked like horses made ready for battle. And upon their heads, they had something like crowns of gold. And their faces looked like the faces of people. They had hair like women's hair. And their teeth were like lion's teeth. They had breastplates like iron breastplates. And the sound of their wings was like the sound of many horses drawn chariots going to war. So again, Revelation 17. Verse 8. And the beast that thou sawest was and is not and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit. And again, the bottomless pit is covered in Revelation 9, verses 1 through 11. And go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder, whose names were not written in the book of life. And another translation Starting in verse 8. The beast that you saw was and is not, but is about to ascend out of the abyss and then to go to destruction. Those who live on the earth and whose names are not written in the book of the life from the foundation of the world will marvel after seeing the beast because it was and is not and is to come. The seven heads are seven hills that the woman sits upon. They are also seven kings, five of whom have fallen, one is living. The other has not come yet. And when he comes, he must remain for a short time only. And the beast which was and is not it is an eighth king, but it is also one of the seven, and it is going to destruction. And the ten horns that you saw are the ten kings, who have not received a kingdom, but they will receive authority as kings for a single hour together with the beast. These kings have a single purpose. They give their power and authority to the beast. They make war with the lamb and the lamb will conquer them because he is the Lord of hosts. And the king of kings and those who are with him are called chosen and faithful. And the angel said unto me, the waters that you saw 
and where the prostitute sits are peoples, crowds, nations, and languages. And the ten horns and the beast that you saw, they will hate the prostitute and make her desolate and naked, and they will consume her flesh and burn her with fire. For God put it into their hearts to accomplish his purpose by being of one mind and giving their kingdom to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. And the woman which you saw in the great city, she has power to rule over the kings of the earth. Cross-referencing. Daniel chapter 7. Verses 19 through 25. Then I wanted to know the meaning of the fourth beast, which was different from all others and most terrifying, with its iron teeth and bronze claws, the beast that crushed and devoured its victims and trampled underfoot whatever was left. I also want to know about the ten horns on its head and about the other horn that came up before which three of them fell the horn that looked more imposing than the others and that had eyes and a mouth that spoke boastfully as i watched this horn was waging war against the holy people and defeating them until the ancient of days came and pronounced judgment in favor of the holy people of the most high and the time came when they possessed the kingdom. So this is the time of the Exodus. But until then, the, the horn that came up, that looked more imposing than the others, and that had eyes and a mouth that spoke boastfully, as I watched this horn was waging war against the holy people, and defeating them. Um, you know, this is, you know, also known in Isaiah as the king of Assyria, king of Babylon. You know, again, that entity that amasses to itself a political, economic, and military power. And the seat of the king of Assyria, king of Babylon, is not in Russia and it is not in China. It is in Washington, D.C. and in Wall Street. And he gave me this explanation. The fourth beast is a fourth kingdom that will appear on earth. It will be different from all the other kingdoms and will devour the whole earth, trampling it down and crushing it. The ten horns are ten kings will come from this kingdom. After them, another king will arise different from the earlier ones. He will subdue 
three kings. He will speak against the Most High and oppress his holy people and try to change and set times and laws. And the holy people will be delivered into his hands for a time, times, and half a time. And part of which is trying to change and set times and laws is the genetic manipulation which is going on right now through the C-19 shot and the mRNA, which is designed to change our genetic code. And also the LGBTQ um, trans movement that is seeking to um, take our children by hostage and mutilate them through surgery. Going back to Revelation 17, verse 12. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings or kingdoms, which have received no kingdom as yet. So these would be non-political um, kings having a kingdom which is not a political kingdom, but, you know, having um, a kingdom of power and influence. Um, you might look at, at this like uh, one who is Klaus Schwab, head of the World Economic Forum, or, you know, one who has control of uh, various social media platforms um, various uh, online uh, sales platforms. They have power and influence over nations and kings of nations, but they have received no kingdom themselves as of yet. They do not have, uh, they have not been elected to political power but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind. Um, there is a central coordination. They are working together. And shall give their power and strength unto the beast. Or to that great secret combination for whom they work. These shall make war with the lamb and the lamb shall overcome them. How do they make war with the lamb? Well, they seek to pervert the freedom and liberty of all nations. And they seek to corrupt the religion of all churches. For he is Lord of Lord of Lords and king of kings, and they that are with him are called the chosen and the faithful. And he saith unto me, the waters which thou sawest where the horse sitteth are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore and shall make her desolate and naked and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. So at some point, 
the great secret combination is going to turn on the civilization that it has created and will destroy that civilization. And the churches who utter blasphemy against God and have been co-opted by that great and abominable church. But it's important to understand that the destruction of um, the whore is not yet the destruction of the beast. And the destruction of the whore is going to take place as we go into that period of great physical bondage. And 15, and he saith unto me, the waters which thou sawest where the horse sitteth are the peoples and the multitudes and the nations and tongues. And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore and shall make her desolate and naked and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. Now let's cross-reference 1 Kings 21. Verses 23 and 24. And also concerning Jezebel, the Lord says. So Jezebel in the Old Testament and what happened to Jezebel, um, who sought to, who did kill the true prophets, you know, except for Elijah and who sought to pervert the right way of the Lord and the true religion. Um, she was destroyed. And so the destruction of the whore by the beast, its type and shadow was set by the destruction of Jezebel. And also concerning Jezebel, the Lord says, dogs will devour Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel. Dogs will eat those belonging to Ahab who die in the city. And the birds will feed on those who die in the country. And DNC 8894. And another angel shall sound his trump, saying, That great church, the mother of abominations made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of the fornication that persecuteth the saints of God, that shed their blood and who sitteth upon many waters. And upon the islands of the sea, behold, she is the tares of the earth. She is bound in bundles. Her bands are made strong. No man can loose them. Therefore, she is ready to be burned. And he shall sound his trump both long and loud, and all nations shall hear it. And First Nephi 14. Fourteen through twenty-eight, And it came to pass that I, Nephi, beheld the power of the Lamb of God, that it descended upon the saints of the church of the Lamb, and upon the covenant people of the Lord, who were scattered upon all the face of the earth. And they were armed with righteousness and with power of God in great glory. 
And it came to pass that I beheld that the wrath of God was poured out upon the great and abominable church, insomuch that there were wars and rumors of wars among all the nations, kindreds uh, and kindreds of the earth. And there began to be wars and rumors of wars among all the nations, which belonged to the mother of abominations. The angel spake unto me, saying, Behold, the wrath of God is upon the mother of harlots. And behold, thou seest all these things. And when the day cometh that the wrath of God is poured out upon the mother of harlots, which is the great and abominable church of all the earth, whose founder is the devil, then at that day the work of the Father shall commence, and the preparing the way for the fulfilling of his covenants which were made to the people who are of the house of Israel. Or in other words, the work of the Father commencing starts at the end-time exodus. And so, after the great whore has brought in league with the beast all the peoples of the earth into great bondage, including the saints of God, and the saints of God are crying out night and day for deliverance. When the end-time servant begins gathering out the strength of the Lord's house physically, and commencing the end-time exodus, that is the beginning of the destruction of the whore. And who does it begin with? GST Matthew 21. And when the Lord, verse 55 thereof, of the vineyard cometh, he will destroy those miserable wicked men. And will let again his vineyard unto other husbandmen, even in the last days, who shall render him the fruits of their seasons. So the destruction of the whore begins with the destruction of those who commit blasphemy against God in what remains of the restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then extends from leadership to membership who will not receive the fullness of the gospel and the new and everlasting covenant. Verse 56, And then understood they the parable which he spake unto them, that the Gentiles should be destroyed also. Talking about the membership of the church. When the Lord should come again. And DNC 112. Again, this is the beginning of the destruction of the great whore who rides the beast. Verse 23, DNC 112. Fairly, verily, I say unto you, darkness covereth the earth and gross darkness the minds of the people. And all flesh has become corrupt before my face. Behold, vengeance cometh speedily upon the inhabitants of the earth. A day of wrath, a day of burning, a day of desolation, of weeping, of mourning, and of lamentation. And as a whirlwind, it shall come upon all the face of the earth, saith the Lord. And upon my house, my house being defined as the membership and leadership of the LDS Church. And upon my house shall it begin, and from my house shall it go forth, saith the Lord. So it begins with the Latter-day Saints and goes from the Latter-day Saints to the ends of the earth. But also remember that the destruction of the whore is not the destruction of the beast. The destruction of the beast is not until the very end. <laughs> But the destruction of the whore, you know, starts with the work of the father. And in verse 26, the Lord is going to tell us 
Um, just like Christ told us in GST Matthew 21, uh, where the destruction of the whore begins. Verse 26, first among those among you saith the Lord who have professed to know my name and have not known me and have blasphemed against me in the midst of my house, saith the Lord. Well, those miserable, wicked husbandmen in the Lord's vineyard, in other words, And so back to 1 Nephi 14. Verse 14. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, beheld the power of the Lamb of God, that it descended upon the saints of the church of the Lamb and upon the covenant people of the Lord, or upon the people who are willing to enter into and keep covenant with him. A light shall break forth among them that sit in darkness, and it shall be the fullness of my gospel. But they receive it not, for they perceive not the light. They turn their hearts from me because of the precepts of men. So it came to pass, verse 14, that I, Nephi, beheld the power of the Lamb of God, that it descended upon the saints of the church of the Lamb and upon the covenant people of the Lord, who were scattered upon all the face of the earth. And they were armed with righteousness and with power of God in great glory. And it came to pass that I beheld that the wrath of God was poured out upon the great and abominable church. Insomuch that there were wars and rumors of wars among all the nations and kindreds of the earth. And there began to be wars and rumors of wars among all the nations, which belonged to the mother of abominations. And the angel spake unto me, saying, Behold, the wrath of God is upon the mother of harlots. And behold, thou seest all these things. And when the day cometh that the wrath of God is poured out upon the mother of harlots, the beginning of the destruction of the great whore who rides the beast in Revelation 17, which is the, which is the great and abominable church of all the earth whose founder is the devil. Then at that day, the work of the Father shall commence, which is the gathering of Israel that commences with the end-time exodus, in preparing the way for the fulfilling of his covenants, which he hath made to his people who are of the house of Israel. And it came to pass that the angel spake unto me, saying, Look, and I looked and beheld a man, and he was dressed in a white robe. And the angel said unto me, Behold, one of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Behold, he shall see and write the remainder of these things, yea, and also many things which have been. This is the record of John that we are studying right now. And in fact, this is the very place in the record of John that we are reading about right now. John 17, or Revelation 17, pardon me. And he shall also write concerning the end of the world, verse 22. Wherefore, the things which he shall write are just and true. So, the things which he shall write are not only true, but just and true. Or part of the roadmap for servants of God to enter into the Lord's rest because it's an instruction manual to the end-time servants. 
wherefore the things which he shall write are just and true. And behold, they are written in the book which thou beheld proceeding out of the mouth of the Jew. And at the time they proceeded out of the mouth of the Jew, or at the time the book proceedeth out of the mouth of the Jew, the things which were written were plain and pure and most precious and easy to the understanding of all men. And behold, the things which this apostle of the Lamb shall write are many things, which thou hast seen, and behold, the remainder shalt thou see. But the things which thou shalt see hereafter thou shalt not write. The Lord God hath ordained the apostle of the Lamb of God that he should write them. And also others who have been, to them hath he shown all things that they have written them, like Ezekiel, like Isaiah, like Daniel, like Jeremiah. And also others who have been to them hath he shown all things like the brother of Jared. And they have written them, and they are sealed up to come forth in their purity, i.e. by the end-time servant, because he translates the record of the twelve apostles, because he translates the record of the prophets, or the brass plates, and also the sealed portion of the Book of Mormon. And other records also are going to come forth. And they have written them, and they are sealed to come up forth in their purity according to the truth which is in the Lamb, in the own due time of the Lord and the house unto the house of Israel. And I, Nephi, heard and bear record that the name of the apostle of the Lamb was John, according to the word of the angel. And behold, I, Nephi, am forbidden that I should write the remainder of these things which I saw and heard. Wherefore, the things which I have written sufficeth me, and I have written but a small part of the things which I saw. And I bear record that I saw the things which my father saw, and the angel of the Lord did make them known unto me. And now I make an end of speaking concerning the things which I saw while I was carried away in the spirit. And if all the things which I have saw are not written, the things which I have written are true, and thus it is. Amen. And First Nephi 22. Verses 8 through 21. And after our seed is scattered, the Lord God will proceed to do a marvelous work among the Gentiles. Okay, again, the marvelous work among the Gentiles, you know, kicks off with the light breaking forth among those who sit in darkness, the fullness of the gospel, the gathering out of the strength of the Lord's house, and the commencement of an exodus. The Lord God will proceed to do a marvelous work among the Gentiles, among the Latter-day Saints, which shall be of great worth unto our seed. Wherefore, it is likened unto their being nourished by the Gentiles and being carried in their arms and upon their shoulders. Again, this has reference to, as the Exodus begins, the fullness of the gospel is going to be taken to the Gentile nation, North America, which includes the Lamanites. And there will be a separation of wheat and tares among them. And the laborers who are called to minister to them will teach them the fullness of the gospel and will minister to them that they might 
be able to do what is required to receive the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. And this is what is called that the Gentiles will nourish the Lamanites and the house of Israel and carry them upon their shoulders. And it shall also be of worth unto the Gentiles, and not only unto the Gentiles, but unto all the house of Israel, unto the making known of the covenants of the Father of heaven unto Abraham, saying, In thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. And I would, my brethren, that ye should know that all the kindreds of the earth cannot be blessed unless he shall make bare his arm in the eyes of the nations. Well, this is Isaiah imagery. The making bare of his arm in the eyes of the nations is the coming on the scene of the end time servant and taking the fullness of the gospel to the four corners of the earth and gathering out um, the humble followers of Christ wherever they may be. And I would, my brethren, that ye should know that all the kindreds of the earth cannot be blessed unless he shall make bare his arm in the eyes of the nations or unless the end time servant would open again the heavens and then come upon the scene and lead an exodus and the gathering of Israel. Wherefore, the Lord God will proceed to make bare his arm in the eyes of all the nations, his end time servant, in bringing about his covenants and his gospel unto those who are of the house of Israel. Wherefore, he will bring them again out of captivity, and they shall be gathered together to the lands of their inheritance, and they shall be brought out of obscurity and out of darkness, and they shall know that the Lord is their Savior, and their Redeemer, the Mighty One of Israel, and the blood of that great and abominable church, which is the whore of all the earth, shall turn upon their own heads, the beginning of the destruction of the whore. For they shall war among themselves, and the sword of their own heads shall fall upon their own heads. Or the sword of their own hands shall fall upon their own heads. And they shall be drunken with their own blood. And every nation which shall war against thee, O house of Israel, shall be turned one against another. And they shall fall into the pit which hath been digged to ensnare the people of the Lord. And all that fight against Zion shall be destroyed. And that great whore who hath perverted the right ways of the Lord, yea, that great and abominable church shall tumble to the dust and shall, and great shall be the fall of it. For behold, saith the prophet, which is Isaiah. The time cometh speedily that Satan shall have no power over the hearts of the children of men. For the day cometh that all the proud and they that do wickedly shall be as stubble. And the day cometh that they must be burned. For the time soon cometh that the fullness of the wrath of God shall be poured out upon the children of men. For he will not suffer that the wicked shall destroy the righteous. Therefore, he will preserve the righteous by his power, even if it be so that the fullness of the wrath must come. And the righteous be preserved, even the destruction of their enemies by fire. Wherefore, the righteous need not fear. For thus saith the prophet Isaiah, they shall be saved, even if it so be as by fire. Behold, my brethren, I say unto you, 
that these things must shortly come, yea, even blood and fire and vapor of smoke must come, and it must needs be upon the face of the earth, of this earth, and it cometh unto men according to the flesh, if it so be that they will harden their hearts against the Holy One of Israel. For behold, the righteous shall not perish, for the time surely must come that all they who fight against Zion must be cut off. And the Lord will surely prepare a way for his people unto the fulfilling of the words of Moses, which he spake, saying, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you like unto me. Him shall ye hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you, and it shall come to pass that all those who will not hear that prophet shall be cut off from among the people. Now, Christ is the great archetype of this prophet. But how does he deliver his word unto his people? It's through the spirit and his end time servant. And Christ often gives titles which are his to his end time servant. For instance, Jeremiah 23. Verses 5 through 8. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he will reign as king and act wisely. So this righteous branch being the end time servant and do justice and righteousness in the land for justice and righteousness in Isaiah precedes salvation, right? Justice and righteousness being metaphors for the Lord's end time servant and also uh, things which he will restore so that salvation or Christ can come in his glory. And do justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah shall be saved. And Israel will dwell securely. Okay, the establishment of both old and, new, old and new Jerusalems and the gathering of Israel and Judah to them. And this is his name by which he will be called. The Lord our righteousness. So while Jesus Christ is the Lord our righteousness, he applies this title to his end time servant just as in first nephi 22 um this prophet like unto israel is the holy one of israel the holy one of israel is christ but he accomplishes this work through his end time servant verse 7 in jeremiah 23 Therefore, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when they will no longer say, as the Lord lives who brought up the sons of Israel from the land of Egypt, but as the Lord lives who brought up and led back the descendants of the household of Israel from the north land and from all the countries where I had driven them, then will they live on their own soil. Or in other words, the time cometh that at the commencement of the end time exodus, when people refer to the exodus, they will no longer be talking about the exodus uh, by Moses of the children of Israel out of Egypt, but we'll be referring to the Exodus led by the end time servant, which will 
start among the Gentiles, but will also gather Israel, even the lost 10 tribes of Israel, and also Judah. And so going back to 1 Nephi 22, verse 20, And the Lord will surely prepare a way for his people unto the fulfilling of the words of Moses, which he spake, saying, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you like unto me. Him shall ye hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass that all those who will not hear that prophet shall be cut off from among the people. Having reference to both Christ himself and the man like unto Moses who the Lord would raise up to take his word unto the ends of the earth and his covenant and gather his people. And now I, Nephi, declare unto you that this prophet of whom Moses spake was the Holy One of Israel, wherefore he shall execute judgment in righteousness. And the righteous need not fear, verse 22. For they are those who shall not be confounded. But it is the kingdom of the devil which shall be built up among the children of men, which kingdom is established among them which are in the flesh. For the time speedily come, shall come, that all the churches which are built up to get gain, and all those who are built up to get power over the flesh, and those who are built up to become popular in the eyes of the world, and those who seek the lusts of the flesh and the things of the world, and to do all manner of iniquity, Yea, and find all those who belong to the kingdom of the devil. Are they who need fear and tremble and quake? They are those. They are those who must be brought low in the dust. They are those who must be consumed as stubble. And thus, and this is according to the words of the prophet Isaiah. And the times come speedily that the righteous must be led as calves of the stall. And the Holy One of Israel must reign in dominion and might and power and great glory. And he gathereth his children from the four quarters of the earth and numbereth his sheep. And they know him. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd, and he shall feed his sheep. And in him they shall find pasture. And because of the righteousness of his people, Satan has no power. Wherefore, he cannot be loosed for the space of many years, for he hath no power over the hearts of the people, for they dwell in righteousness, and the Holy One of Israel reigneth. Now behold, I, Nephi, say unto you that all these things must come according to the flesh. But behold, all the nations, kingdoms, tongues, and peoples shall dwell safely in the Holy One of Israel, if it so be that they will repent. And now I, Nephi, make an end, for I durst not speak further as yet concerning these things. Wherefore, my brethren, I would that ye should consider that the things which have been written upon the plates of brass are true. Part of those things Nephi has recorded in his record, particularly from Isaiah, and which record we will be receiving in the future. And they testify that a man must be obedient to the commandments of God. Wherefore, ye need not suppose that I and my father are the only ones that have testified and also taught them. Wherefore, if ye shall be obedient to the commandments and endure to the end, ye shall be saved at the last day, and thus it is. Amen. And 2 Nephi 10. 
verses 15 through 17. Wherefore, for this cause that my covenants may be fulfilled, which I have made unto the children of men, that I will do unto them while they are in the flesh. I must needs destroy the secret works of darkness and of murders and of abominations. Wherefore, he that fighteth against Zion, both Jew and Gentile, both bond and free, male and female, shall perish. For they are they who are the whore of all the earth. For they are they who are not for me, are against me, saith the Lord our God. And Jeremiah 51. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am going to arouse against Babylon and against the inhabitants of Lebkami, the spirit of a destroyer. I will dispatch foreigners to Babylon that they may winnow her and may devastate her land. For on every side they will be opposed to her in the day of her calamity. Let not him who bends his bow bend it, nor let him who rise up his scale armor. So do not spare her young men. Devote all her army to destruction. They will fall down slain in the land of the Chaldeans or the Assyrians, king of Assyria, king of Babylon, and time destruction, and pierced through in their streets. For neither Israel nor Judah hath been forsaken by his God, the Lord of hosts, although their land is full of guilt before the Holy One of Israel, flee from the midst of Babylon, and each of you save his life. Do not be destroyed in her punishment, for this is the Lord's time of vengeance. He is going to render recompense to her. Babylon has been a golden cup in the hand of the Lord, intoxicating all the earth. The nations have drunk of her wine. Remember the whore had a golden cup in her hand of her fornication. The nations have drunk of her wine. Therefore, the nations are going mad. Suddenly Babylon has fallen and been broken. Wail over her. Bring balm for her pain. Perhaps she may be healed. We applied healing to Babylon, but she was not healed. Forsake her and let us each go to his own country. For her judgment has reached to heaven and towers up the very skies. The Lord has brought about our vindication. Come and let us recount in Zion the work of the Lord our God. Sharpen the arrows, fill the quivers. The Lord has aroused the spirit of the kings of the Medes because his purpose is against Babylon to destroy it. For it is the vengeance of the Lord, vengeance for his temple. Lift up a signal against the walls of Babylon. Post a strong guard, station sentries. Place men in ambush. For the Lord has both purposed and performed. What he spoke concerning the inhabitants of Babylon, O you who dwell by the many waters abundant in treasures, your end has come. The measure of your end. The Lord of hosts has sworn by himself, surely I will fill you with a population like locusts, and they will cry out with shouts of victory over you. It is he who hath made the earth by his power, who established the wisdom who established the world by his wisdom and by his understanding, he stretched out the heaven. And when he utters his voice, there is a tumult of waters in the heavens 
and he causes the clouds to ascend from the end of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain, and he brings forth the wind from his storehouses. All mankind is stupid, devoid of knowledge. Every goldsmith is put to shame by his idols, for his molten images are deceitful, and there is no breath in them. They are worthless, a work of mockery. Again, um, this has reference to blaspheming against God in the midst of his house. In the time of their punishment, they will perish. The portion of Jacob is not like these, for the maker of all is he. And of the tribe of his inheritance, the Lord of hosts is his name. He says, you are my war club, my weapon of war. And with you, I shatter nations, and with you, I destroy kingdoms. With you, I shatter the horse and his rider, and with you, I shatter the chariot and its rider. And with you, I shatter men and women, and with you, I shatter old men and youth. And with you, I shatter young men and virgin. And with you, I shatter the shepherd of his flock. And with you, I shatter the farmer and his team. And with you, I shatter the governors and the prefects. But I will repay Babylon and all the inhabitants of Chaldea, or the inhabitants of Babylon. For all their evil that they have done in Zion before your eyes, declares the Lord. Behold, I am against you, O destroying mountain, who destroys the whole earth. Declares the Lord, and I will stretch out my hand against you, and roll you down from the crags, and I will make you a burnt-out mountain. They will not take you even a stone for a corner, nor a stone for foundations. But you will be desolate forever, declares the Lord. Lift up a signal in the land. Blow a trumpet among the nations. Consecrate the nations against her. Summon against her the kingdom of Ararat and Mini and Ashkenaz. Appoint a marshal against her. Bring up the horses like bristly locusts. Consecrate the nations against her, the king of the Medes, their governors and all their prefects and every land of their dominion. So the land quakes and writhes, for the purposes of the Lord against Babylon stand to make the land of Babylon a desolation without inhabitants. The mighty men of Babylon have ceased fighting. They stay in the strongholds. Their strength is exhausted. They are becoming like women. Their dwelling places are set on fire. The bars of her gates are broken. One courier runs to meet another and one messenger to meet another, to tell the king of Babylon that his city has been captured from end to end. The fords also have been seized, and they have been burned, and the marshes with fire, and the men of war are terrified. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, the daughter of Babylon is like a threshing floor. At the time it is stamped firm, yet in a little while the time of harvest will come for her. Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, has devoured me and crushed me. He has set me down like an empty vessel. He has swallowed me like a monster. He has filled his stomach with my delicacies. He has washed me away. May the violence done to me and to my flesh be upon Babylon. And the inhabitant of Zion will say, and may my blood be upon the inhabitants of Chaldea. Jerusalem will say, therefore, thus says the Lord, Behold, I am going to plead your case and exact full vengeance for you. And I will dry up her sea and make her fountain dry. Babylon will become a heap of ruins, a haunt of jackals, an object of horror and hissing without inhabitants. 
They will roar together like young lions. They will growl like lion's cubs. When they become heated up, I will serve them their banquet and make them drunk that they may become jubilant and may sleep a perpetual sleep and not wake up, declares the Lord. I will bring them down like lambs to the slaughter, like rams together with male goats. How Shishak has been captured and the praise of the whole earth been seized. How Babylon has become an object of horror among the nations. And the sea has become, has come up over Babylon. She has been engulfed with its tumultuous waves. Her cities have become an object of horror, a parched land and a desert, a land in which no man lives and though, and through which no son of man passes. I will punish Bel in Babylon and I will make what he has swallowed come out of his mouth and the nations will no longer stream to him. Even the wall of Babylon has fallen down. Come forth from her midst, my people, and each of you yourselves from the fierce anger of the Lord. Now so that your heart does not grow faint and you are not afraid at the report that will be heard in the land. For the report will come one year and after that another report in another year and violence will be in the land with the ruler against ruler. Therefore, behold, the days are coming when I will punish the idols of Babylon and her whole land will be put to shame and all her slain will fall in her midst. And when heaven and earth and all that is in them will shout for the joy over Babylon, for the destroyers will come to her from the north, declares the Lord. Indeed, Babylon is to fall for the slain of Israel, as also for Babylon the slain of all the earth have fallen. You who have escaped the sword, depart, do not stay. Remember the Lord from afar, and let Jerusalem come to your mind. We are ashamed because we have heard reproach. Disgrace has covered our faces, for aliens have entered the holy places of the Lord's house. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will punish her idols, and the mortally wounded will groan throughout her land. Though Babylon should ascend to the heavens, and though she should fortify her lofty strongholds from me, destroyers will come to her, declares the Lord. The sound of an outcry from Babylon and the great destruction from the land of the Chaldeans. For the Lord is going to destroy Babylon and he will make her loud noise vanish from her. And their waves will roar like many waters. The tumult of their voices sounds forth. For the destroyer is coming against her, against Babylon, and her mighty men will be captured. Their bows are shattered. For the Lord is God, recompense, he will fully repay. I will make her princes and her wise men drunk, her governors, her prefects, and her mighty men, that they may sleep a perpetual sleep and not wake up, declares the king whose name is the Lord of hosts. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the broad wall of Babylon will completely be raised, and her high gates will be set on fire, so the people will toil for nothing and the nations become exhausted only for the fire. The message which Jeremiah the prophet commanded, Shariah the son of Nerai, the grandson of Manasseh, when he went with Zedekiah the king to Judah, to Babylon in the fourth year of his reign. Now Shariah was the quartermaster, so Jeremiah wrote in a single scroll 
all the calamity which had come upon Babylon, that is, all these words which have been written concerning Babylon. Then Jeremiah said to Sariah, as soon as you come to Babylon, then see that you read all these words aloud and say, O Lord, have promised concerning this place to cut it off so that there will be nothing dwelling in it, whether man or beast. But it will be a perpetual desolation. And as soon as you finish reading this, the scroll, you will tie a stone to it and throw it into the middle of the Euphrates and say, just so shall Babylon sink down and not rise again because of the calamity that I am going to bring upon her. And they will become exhausted thus far are the words of Jeremiah. And DNC 29. Verses 17 through 21. And it shall come to pass because of the wickedness of the world, that I will take vengeance upon the wicked, and they will not repent, for the cup of mine indignation is full. For behold, my blood shall not cleanse them if they hear me not. Wherefore, I, the Lord God, will send forth flies upon the face of the earth, which shall take hold of the inhabitants thereof, and shall eat their flesh, and shall cause maggots to come upon them. And their tongues shall be stayed, that they shall not utter against me. And their flesh shall fall from off their bones, and their eyes from their sockets. And it shall come to pass that the beasts of the forest and the fowls of the air shall devour them up. And the great and abominable church, which is the whore of all the earth, shall be cast down by the devouring fire, according as it is spoken by the mouth of Ezekiel the prophet, who spoke of these things which have not come to pass, but surely must as I live, for abominations shall not reign. And finishing up in Revelation 17. So again, verse 16. And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore, and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. Again, this commences at the Exodus, or the beginning of the abomination of desolation. And verse 17, for God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will, and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast, until the words of God are fulfilled. And the woman which thou sawest is the great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth, even Babylon. I add my testimony to the prophets that we have read that we are in fact living in the time of the Gentiles, that the light has in fact broken forth among those who sit in darkness, and that the adversary is amassing his soldiers for the destruction of the world and the lord is amassing his soldiers to rescue the strength of the lord's house to separate the wheat from the tares that the earth might be prepared for the return of her king in the name of jesus christ amen